You used to call me on my cell phone. What's up? Hey. This is Twin Peaks. Banana phone. Episode four. My name is Josh Peterson. I'm Jessica Peterson. And we are both writers for Buzz Magazine. That's the name of a magazine. Yup. <laughs> and we've got a special guest on the podcast today. Everyone, please welcome to the pod, Drake. Uh, Aubrey. Aubrey, <laughs> what's up, buddy? How you feeling? Is that his last name? Okay. Didn't know Drake had a last name. It's his first name. His last name? Life is a mystery. Graham. Like a cracker. Boom. Crazy. Got him. Hey, this one goes out to my little sister. Guess what I'm eating right now? You guessed correctly. It's graham crackers. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> Be jealous of me, Jenna. We got Swedish fish all up in the UIUC. What's <laughs> up? Yeah, right, just a little endorsement. I get it, though. Because, <laughs> like, C. Like the C, and Good then the job. fish in the C. Good C. job. That yep. was money. All right? Uh-huh. There we go. I was with both of our watch hands, so mm-hmm. watch out, am I right? <laughs> it's like, what's that Disney Channel movie with the clocks and the time? That literally could be... No, it can't literally. It's like when they turn times whatever. Isn't it just Harry Potter and Hermione and her dope ass No, they, there's a Disney Channel movie too. And I, Jacob, add it. Tell me what it is in the comments. Okay. <laughs> got Mo- that moving on. <laughs> um, oh, ask me what the theme for today's pod is. What's the theme for today's pod, Jessica? Expectations versus reality. Don't act so unexcited. You know it's a good idea. It's an okay idea. Can you tell me where it originates from? Mm-hmm. So, oh, spoiler alert. So, <laughs> Fire News is Summer. Because people are really concerned about the spoilers to that movie. Major franchise. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's a point where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, oh, this is Zoe wants me back. Wait, let me just pause. Zoe or Zooey? Because it's two O's, but I'm pretty Zoe, sure... Zoe, first of all. I've heard, like, so well, her name's Summer, quite obviously, in the movie. What's his name in the movie? Fuck. No, I know this. Uh, uh, I can hear, like, the narrator's deep-ass voice saying it in my head. Something. It's not Matt. It's not... No, it's not Matt. I wanted to say Tim, but it's not Tim. You want me to play the little intro thing? Yeah, play the little intro thing. Uh, you continue where I left off for this, this scene. All right, so basically in this scene, uh, it's after they've broken up for the first time, and she invites him to a party at her place after uh, they have a really good time at a wedding together. And what does the director decide to do other than split the screen into two? Over one, he writes expectations. Over the other, he writes reality. And the two things just sort of play out, and they are quite different. Yeah, he, it's... He so, leaves there not a happy man. It's pretty sad, because it's, like, so close to being what he wanted, but then, like, the main things, it's like, oh, wait, it's coming, it's coming. This story of boy meets girl. Oh, God. Whoa. The boy, Tom Hanson. Tom! Okay, we're good. Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. See, that's why we got Tim. Just like Tim, Jesus. Tim. <laughs> oh, so Tom is like rolling up, and he brings Zoe a book, and like her in his expectations, she's like, "Oh my god, thank you so much," and like kisses him. But in reality, she does like a nice shoulder pat. Trivia. Do you know what the book is called? 
It's something about architecture. Architecture of happiness, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Boom. It. I'm awesome. All right. Do you want to do more trivia? <laughs> I can't think of any hard questions. Oh, what character does he become when it's like the, uh, the You Make My Dreams Come True song and he like checks himself out on like the little... Oh, he's, uh, he's the guy from the yogurt commercials. Is that really who that is? I thought it was, like, a Star Wars character. Oh, is it Han Solo? Yeah. I thought that he was, uh... Now I want to know. American Han Pop- Solo was my first choice, and I was like, no, I'm wrong. It's what yogurt commercial? this guy. Uh, he's really famous. One second. I was just checking out this... I heard it a summer trivia. Let me allow yeah. empty air for everyone listening. I well, be a keep good talking. Time. God. No good time for you to uh, look up that movie. You've probably seen it. It came out a while ago. I don't know. You should have seen it. If you haven't, go and freaking see it. Um, I don't know. Everyone who is like, oh, I'm a rom-com. John Stamos. I thought it was John Stamos. No. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, the really attractive guy. Yeah. He was in... Uh, Full house. Good job. And now he's in uh, Grandfathered, one of the fall TV's best new shows. That's a lie. There aren't any good new shows. <laughs> Everyone who thinks they're a rom-com and, like, kind of sewer will be like, I love this movie because it's just not your typical love story, and it's so relatable. What I really love about <laughs> it is that the timeline is non-linear. That it's just so so Tarantino esque. Just messes with my head a little bit, and then he just doesn't get the girl, and it makes me feel okay. <laughs> it makes me think everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> but you know, really, but it's not. It's so great for so many other reasons, and people will be like, "This is some fucking weird shit." And you know what? They're kind of right, but that's why I love this movie. Yeah, I would say that. Like, I don't know. First time I saw that movie, I loved it just because it's like like I'm a sucker for romantic comedies and. It got me in in that sense. But it's also just, like, pleasantly detached from reality a little bit. Yeah. Like, everything... Be, because and what I think is really smart about it is because it's kind of told from Tom's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. So it does read a little bit more, like, what it's actually like to be in a relationship where, like, the good points, like, where he's at Ikea with her and stuff, they just seem, like, overwhelmingly too perfect when you look back on them and try to remember them. Yeah. And then the lows are, like, oh, she's coming to my door at 3 in the morning upset with rain pouring in the background. Yeah. Like, just, like, a little... You don't want to call it cliche, but it's just like Over the top. that's not that's not what real life is actually like. But mm-hmm. this movie also has things like that split screen, like that dance sequence and stuff like that. That like yeah. you know that it's like maybe that's kind of the point. Like when you remember things, it's a little bit detached from what it actually was. Or like the little sister, how he like goes to advice to like young Chloe Grace Moretz, and yeah. she's like in her soccer game, and her coach is like, "Come on!" And then he's like, "Wait, but we're not done here." Tom, don't be such a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, you know, like, she's like, think back on it. He's like, I just don't know where it went wrong. And she's like, there had to be something that, like... Exactly. Like, like the red flags that you choose not to see almost in a relationship. Exactly. you're like, not everything is so good which is Which is why I think that movie's actually really smart. Probably one of my five favorite movies. <laughs> which is which is tough for me. It's tough for Because there are a lot of really good movies. And that's not, like... I don't know. That's not a movie that you would watch and be like, oh, God, that's like an that's like an all-timer. Like, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. But it's just one of those ones that kind of, for me personally, it gets me as, like, a favorite thing because of a yeah. bunch of different stuff. Are there so many different things that you can like about it? Exactly. And I think that makes it appeal to, like, a lot of different kinds of people. 
because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I like it for this part, and they're like, oh, I hated that part, but this part, really good, and you're like, yeah, y'all just be friends. <laughs> Perfect. And the karaoke scene is money. It's just money. That's like, well, you won't even be here. So, second semester, I become 19 and have the ability to access all bars in U, U of I area, and maybe the world. No, still no. But, <laughs> karaoke-wise... That is, like, my goal is to sing uh, Here Comes Your Man in the whatever, in the bar. But I'll, I'll hold off till you're there, and you could be like, keep going! You're so good! And then everyone's like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you're going to know, like, the first line, because that's what you hear in the movie, and then the rest of it you're going to be like, oh, shit! Joe doesn't actually say any of the other words. <laughs> Everybody knows! Get out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad we had such a good time together. I'll be here all, all week, all semester, my entire life. Okay. No. It took a dark turn there. <laughs> May I just open a karaoke bar? Maybe. Who knows? Expectations versus reality. You expect. I hope that's not the expectation. You expect to open a karaoke bar. All of a sudden, reality is, you answer this. What's the reality? The reality is, is you graduate with a journalism degree, get a nice internship to start out, move, work your way up until eventually you're an editor, and live with a comfortable wage for the rest of your life. Married happily with 2.5 kids. That was so nice. That's such a better reality than the karaoke <laughs> bar. But, you know, I think the point, even like the director making the movie, is that, like, Typically, we expect better than what we actually end up getting. But that was a really, that that was a really nice way of how that played out. Like, I, I would be like, okay, you know, no karaoke bar. There's one down the street. Like, that's fine. I don't need to own it. But I do pop in, like, a regular. They're like, hey, Jess, oh, God, don't sing that one song again. And I'm like, you know me. And then sing that song. And they're like, And they're like, out. oh, God. And I'm like, I'll see you next Thursday. <laughs> Jesse, not every karaoke bar in America is karaoke on Thursdays. Oh, wait, it's on Wednesdays here, actually. I just picked a day. Yeah, okay, good job. You're one. killing it. You start with an expectation, and I'll give you the reality. Okay, expectation. That I'm going to open the fridge and find an apple pie there waiting for me that Mom baked and sent with you down to Champagne, and you put in there without me knowing to be a nice sister. You want to know the reality? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open the fridge. <laughs> like, three cans left, but the whole, like, cardboard box from the case is still there uh, of beer. And <laughs> in case, yeah. Okay. Um, then there's um, there's this avocado that you're like, yeah, only half on, like, Monday because I like oh, to God, save and shit, that's whatever. So but then, like, my life. you get there, you're like, oh, this would go great with my sandwich or my salad. You pick it up, it's brown as fuck. And then you're like, you try to cut the brown parts off, and you it's can. all brown. <laughs> Expectations versus reality. <sighs> okay, what was what was your idea with this podcast theme when we first went into it? Because we're not just going to go back and forth with scenarios. I think it's cool to juxtapose it. Or someone was asking, they were like, oh, you have a podcast. Is it like an advice podcast? And I was like, what advice do we I'm have to give I'm not the kind of anyone? person that gives advice. I would rather watch people fail and then tell them after what they did wrong. Okay, by the way, here's what you know work on. And they're, like, covered in, like, tomato sauce or something with no shoes. And it's like, yeah, this is what we could do better for next time. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not a physical trainer. I'm, I'm a coach. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be there with you while you're doing it. But afterwards, I'll watch the tape and be like, well, 
you suck. This is where you went wrong. Yeah. And it's before they even get to, like, the starting line. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we could just work on. Um, I don't know, just because I think I have a different mentality where I do, like, not, like, training, per se, but, like, also, like, counseling or, like, mentoring, like, younger folk or, like, just whoever, like, you want advice, like, yeah, I'll try to fix it. Have you ever been in that situation? No, but... And Can I pretend? Okay. Well, like, what situations do you find yourself in when you do that? Um, if someone's ever, like, this one that comes up, actually. Well, we could just go back to on the street today, <laughs> seeing that one kid from high school who was like, oh, <laughs> he was like, Alex is, like, a nice boy. Uh, Maddie, <laughs> this is for you, because I, this is going to be funnier than me texting out to you, but uh, he was like, Oh, Jet, well, when you see people from high school at U of I, it's usually just in passing, and sometimes you ignore them, sometimes you run. <laughs> Other times you have, like, a nice little conversation. Sure. That's what, this one was the third one. Sure. So, Alex Zane comes up to me, and he's just like, oh, hey, Jess. And I'm like, hey, and he's like, you go to church, right? And I manly starts walking in direction with my brother and I as we approach our lovely dinner at Panera, which, very overpriced. Come on, y'all. Very overpriced, but What's the, lots of bread. Lots, lots of bread. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but back to the story. So... He's like, oh, Josh, you go to church, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, so I have this problem. I'm like, oh. And he, like, starts walking with us. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I have this problem. He's like, <laughs> uh, like I'm going, I went to church a couple times. I don't really like it. Like, how do I, like, stop going? And I was like, well, first thing to do, Alex, here. I was like, just don't go. And he's like, okay, but what if they ask where I am? And I was like, tell them you're busy. Tell them you're studying. He's like, okay, but if I'm not studying, isn't that lying? And I was like, well, maybe you should just study more. <laughs> but what, what were you going to say? Josh, okay. his take on this is expectation versus reality. His expectations for what I was going to say was... Well, okay, this kid this kid seemed nice enough, but he also seemed like, I don't know, he he was he was interesting. So yeah. I, w- I was probably going to be in a sarcastic mood if I had to say anything to him. And uh, he's like, oh, but I don't actually study. Wouldn't that be lying? And... Wait, what did I say to you? You said, um, you're talking about... Oh, 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 right. Because uh, I was like, you, oh, you, then just go and study and you'll be okay. Yeah, and he was like, oh, but I don't want to lie. And you, I thought you were going to say something along the lines of like, oh, well, if you're not going to go to church, then maybe you should just go to hell. And that just sounds really mean now. Yeah, now it does sound really mean. <laughs> but, like, but because it's like, like lying is a sin. <laughs> I mean, that's just where it's is how Josh and I are different. Sorry, I was just... Fuck you, Josh. your image of putting it on the pad. <laughs> but I'm cutting like, this. You're never going to know. It would have been, like, go to hell. It would have been like, oh, if you're not going to say, maybe just go to hell. And Josh, like, doesn't know this kid has no personal ties to him. But he would have just probably stopped short and been like... Or no, honestly, I bet his retort would have been like, well, if I don't want to go to hell, then where do I go? I would have like, just like, you have too many fucking questions. Like, where should I, I go now? <laughs> But yeah, no. That that that's the difference there. Like, uh, I don't know. Expectation versus reality. You expect siblings to be relatively similar in a lot of ways because uh, same parents. Just of general parenting and stuff like that. But I am so much less patient than you. Like, I can't teach anyone anything. If someone asks me more than like three questions, I'm pretty much done with that conversation. I'm completely checked out. And yeah. you are very patient and have worked with kids younger than you a lot. Mm-hmm. So, because that is how some church people can get. They'll be like, "Oh, you came once. Why aren't you here all the time? Where have you been?" Well, so they can't actually be kind of like an intimidating group. And not all church people are like that. But maybe he just thought like, 
oh, Jess seemed nice, and we went mm-hmm. to high school, so let me just see what she has to say. I really it is just being straight up, you know? And that's with anything, like, some dude's pursuing you. Josh, I know you have this problem a lot. Just be like, I'm kind of busy, or you could flat out just say I'm not interested, but no one really wants to do that these days. Have you seen Aziz and Zari's um, stand-up on Netflix? This is what we should talk about instead of trying to give people advice. Yeah, Aziz, I actually wrote a pretty comprehensive uh, thing for Thesis Buzz. Paper? Like, I It wasn't like a thesis paper, but I wrote about all three of his stand-ups when his last one came out, and just kind of like comparing them and the way he's grown as a comic. Mm. And like, yeah, I think Aziz is like probably the best comedic voice that we have in our generation just because unlike so many people that are actually like just existing in the world he's on he's able to call people on their bullshit and no one really seems willing to do that anymore and when they do it's in like some kind of like attacking and like either attacking attacking or just like kind of making fun of it a lot and like he makes fun of it but he's also just like being honest like there are parts of his set that aren't funny but they're just like true like it's true and it's a little bit of a because it's like oh god people do that oh god i'm one of those people oh god we all do that and then mm-hmm. you're like yikes <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that i don't do that on purpose i'm well, better than you maybe another podcast <laughs> just kidding <laughs> expectation versus reality Josh. this one is falling off the rails i don't know where we're going with it i don't keep going with the disease thing um we're really just pointing is like stand-up where it's like or i think he surveys his audience he's like how many of you would prefer to like be told straight up, like, no, I'm not interested, and, like, some people raise their hands, he's like, high people would prefer yeah. just everyone else to be busy forever, and, like, most people raise their hands, and it's like, he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> and then they're like, I don't know. Cause, like, rejection is, like, a tough thing, but also, like... No, not. So rejection is, like, a <laughs> tough thing, um, but I think once you're able to, like, digest that, like, the sooner you can, like, get, like, get the hint, because, I mean, someone just told you, like, exactly what they're thinking... The sooner you can move forward. Yeah, but also, I think what I just said has some merit as well. There's there's a totally reasonable thing that people do that I do sometimes as well. Is just like, no, it's not. Like, that doesn't actually bother me. Just, you just, just ignore it. Like, negate it by not caring about it. Which, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, probably shouldn't be what you do. But I think it is something that a lot of people in our generation have turned to just because of... I don't know, how easy it is to feel rejected all the time with, like, social media shit, especially people like our younger sister's age when you have to be connected all the time to everyone and see what they're doing always. It's more just like, oh, like, they went to the mall without me? Well, I didn't fucking like them anyway. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, like, because of all the social media, like, technology, there's so many ways to distract yourself. So it's like, oh, that kind of hurts. Let me just play this game or, like, go do these other tweets and, like, whatever, but mm-hmm. I think you can only put things, like, off or, like, set them aside or in your corner of I don't give a fuck of, like, your brain house for so long before it, like, starts overflowing and then you're, like, I'm just kind of, like, upset. Like, why didn't I acknowledge this sure. when it happened, you know? Mm-hmm. That's when... <laughs> this is completely unrelated, but I, uh... <laughs> no, not completely. There's some... I think, uh, Noisy Vice's music blog... Okay. Uh, they wrote a they wrote a piece today about like uh, emo music or something like that, 
And to do it, they went on Yahoo Answers and typed in, like, help, my kid is writing emo poetry. And the shit they found was so funny. Oh, my goodness. And if you have too many things bothering you and you just keep them bottled up, you know where they're going to go? They're going to go in your... They're going to go in your notebook. With the rest of the rest of the emo poetry. And that's... I think it's one of the many powers of poetry. You can put some shit in those. You don't have to show anybody. You do become, True. like, maybe slam YouTube famous, whatever, get published, but you can, like, write for just yourself and feel, like, a lot of relief and be like, that's mm-hmm. exactly how I feel. Do I need to show this anyone? No. Do I have to tear it up? No, because I'm kind of proud of it, but <laughs> I don't need other people's opinion on it because I'll become less proud. <laughs> so, uh, it's good to get it out, I think. Don't keep it in the corner of your brain house. Or just keep it in the corner of your brain and suffocate it until it dies. It's not like a living thing, though. Yeah, it is. No, pain I Pain is a living thing. Pain? Pain, yeah. The pain you feel. It's something that needs to be fed in order to grow. Hmm. And if you deny it, that... If you deny it the ability to gain things that make it more powerful, like if you just stop looking at stuff that causes you pain or you stop interacting with people that cause you pain it dies but you can't avoid pain forever no no one's saying that i'm just saying you can be in control of it i don't know Mm. i think you can be in control i think you can be in control and extent to some things but there are points where you had to accept you're like out of control things you had to accept that like yeah this hurts a lot and now i'm feeling it oh god wow like ouch um yeah and then you feel and then it's over yeah but sometimes it lingers. Well, if it does... It's not even like you're, you're letting just... it linger, but, like, it's there. And you're not you're not trying to feed it, but then suddenly everything reminds you of the pain. Okay, well, <laughs> what this reminds me of is a horror movie called The Babadook, which I think I brought up in our last podcast, too. No, I don't... Yeah, uh, I did. What's it about? Okay, so... This is gonna just ruin the movie for anyone that hasn't seen it. So that you say, spoiler alert... Okay, well, uh, the, essentially at the end of the movie, this evil spirit, or whatever, that is... It sounds like Marmaduke, or is that a dog movie? No. Okay, keep going. You're thinking of uh, Marmadrakes, or whatever it is, from Harry Potter. I really don't think that's what I'm thinking of. The, the plants that scream? Mm-mm. I could be the name of them, but Marmaduke is like the dog cop. Okay, you just finish your thing. <sighs> I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. I'm going to talk about Babadook and how it's the pain continuing to show up. Oh, uh, basically at the end of this movie, instead of, like, defeating this evil thing that is torturing her family, this mom, uh, it's locked in their basement. And, uh, every now and then, uh, she goes down, uh, with, like, a plate of worms and stuff and feeds it, basically, to this monster. And, uh, acknowledges it and keeps it down there, but that's where it stays. And mm. what when I wrote about that movie, I said that it was kind of a really powerful way to look at, like, depression and pain because, uh, yeah. like, that kind of thing never, like, goes away and it's in, goes away entirely. Like, it always, always will be there in the back of your mind, but as long as you, uh, like go back and remember it every now and then, but don't necessarily give it the power to control the way you feel. Like, you still retain, like, power over your own happiness, I guess. 
Hmm. and like the control to not let that be the thing that defines your life yeah wow that's cool when horror movies can do things like that well yeah because fear is something people experience every single day Mm -hmm. Um, but it is like so like we can watch a horror movie and be like oh like it made me scared but like I turned the TV off like that's not actually happening whatever but then you like put it next to something that like you are dealing with or like not this more meaning monster locked in your basement but something else you know who you're like yeah, the the reason it landed more like that than anything else is because she was, like, uh, she was a widow, and she had a young kid, and the kid was, like, acting out in school and stuff, and their, the relationship was really strained, so, like, it had you think about, thinking about all these, like, real family issues that people experience, mm-hmm. and then layered the supernatural into that, which is why I think it landed as more a statement about depression and uh, grief and things like that than just, like, a like regular gonna monster happen, movie. Yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, horror gets a bad rap. I, I was reading this thing with Rob Zombie one time, and he was like, yeah, it's considered, like, just a slight step above porn when it comes to, mm. like, uh, you know, uh, films and stuff like that. But, like, I think that's untrue. There are a lot of really good horror movies that should be respected as, like, you know, if not just the best in their genre, like, better than a lot of other movies. Like, it doesn't have to be a jo- a drama in order to be a fantastic movie. Right. Or even, like, with any kind of art form, like, just wanting... Like, yeah, you have your idea for the movie or, like, the piece or, like, piece of art, you know, and then you just, like, want people to, like, be able to take a step back or be like, yeah, I could see that in this and something, like, not... Maybe similar, but not completely the same... And, like, just, like, walk away with, like, oh, that's, like, this thing going off me or that thing that, like, I know my friend is doing or... Yeah. Like, reminding you of something from their own life. Reminding them of something from their own life where it's, like... So, like, in Baba, Baba Duke, Is that what the movie The Baba Duke, yeah. Remind you of something else. Like, where the art form doesn't just have to stay in, like, the art. You know, it comes into, like... Well, yeah, that's... The person's the, life and... Yeah, that's, that's like, the, the power. That's, that's the point of art, like, at its core. Like... Mm-hmm. Whenever you, like, from, like, writing a blog post to writing a symphony, like, all you're trying to do is to, like, take this experience you had, show it to someone else, and make them feel something. Which is really cool when it works. Exactly, yeah. And it works a lot. Which is why you get people that write blog posts about other art forms and people that make stupid short movies or even people that, like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> make YouTube videos or something. That's probably, like, the second best thing of having an art form when you, like, get, like, these amateurs or people who are, like, wow, that, like, inspired me. Or, like, they won McDonald's commercial where he, like, has a burrito and it's, like, like, more, Monday morning, wake up, watch a movie, see a movie, or, like, write a screenplay, you know? Yeah. It's, like, this guy who just decided now that McDonald's breakfast burritos are good, now he could just all of a sudden write a screenplay. Yeah. But, may, you know, like, that's cool when... Someone sees it like, oh, like, that thing you wrote, that really made me want to write, you know? Or, like, mm-hmm. that song you sang, like, now I'm, like, trying to learn piano again. Like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Also, this could be, like, a transition point, if you will, but when you said write a symphony, all I could think of was, and I will write you a symphony, just to say how much you mean to me. You know, Justin Timberlake? I actually don't know that song. Or, like, I probably do, 
but I don't recognize your rendition. It's just What's be like the karaoke bars. Like I don't know. Well, then, <laughs> but I just no. The, he sings that line. It's not he wants to write this girl a symphony because he's that into her. And it's like, dude, do you even write your own lyrics? That's so. What? That's so dumb. Why is a symphony the highest form of art? It's like it's you could like write a haiku I, and it would still be flattering. <laughs> well, opposite to that, I hate how like uh, when a movie is good, it gets compared to like poetry. Or a TV show is good. It gets compared to like an epic poem or something like that. Like really? I hate that. Like like poetry is more Im- important of an art form than a television show or mm. a movie, just based on the medium. I've never gotten that. Never will get it. Maybe there shouldn't be a hierarchy. If it, anything, it poetry gets shits on. Shit on. I don't think it does. I I think poetry, in the most general sense of the term, like you know. Shakespearean lines or something like that. People will go back and still, to this yeah. day, compare things to like a beautiful poem or something like that, or even not works of art. They'll compare like the way a person moves to poetry or like it's like the go-to. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it should be. No. Their body can move like an episode of Friday Night Lights. Because it's oh. just as beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> Did you write that? Sounds like poetry. Ah! <laughs> well, what, the thing I was saying about poetry getting shat on is like when you, you just, just you just start. You're just a poetry truther. Say what you wanted to say. <laughs> How does it feel? Or that's even like so like poetry getting shat on or like oh. I just started writing some original songs. Like, people could very easily dismiss, like, you. Because, like, poetry and, like, songwriting are both well, essentially the same thing, but... No. Okay. Synonymous to one another. No. Okay, they're... Whatever. You one know, is yeah. a lot harder. Well, okay, yeah. But I'll just say, like, writing lyrics and, like, writing a poem. Um, Both, like, things you can, like, succeed in, but in, like, the most amateur, amateur of, like... In the most amateur essence, you know? So it's like, oh, I wrote this poem. Can you read it? And then you're like, what? I would, yeah. I don't think it's fair, but so a lot of times people are like, oh, you're into poetry. But I don't, I don't get what you're saying about it. Because you're right. Those are two arenas of creation, I guess, where, like, you don't have to be very good in order to create. So, so, so what's your point? If, or even, I think I was reading... Something about, like, keeping your, like, online profile, like, tight-knit or whatever. And it's, like, when you, like, Google your name, like, you don't want people finding, like, that poetry blog you created when you were 13. Like, so things where it's, like, poetry can be embarrassing or whatever. And, like, yeah. Because it can't, anything you make can be embarrassing. Well, right. There have been, like, things I've written for Buzz that I was embarrassed to post. Like, anything can be personal. For poetry, almost, like, something that, like, can be very serious to the person who wrote it can, like, be seen in very non-serious light to other people, and they're like, this is just bad. Because of the medium. Yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying now. Okay. I guess it's more... I guess in that sense, like, does it really matter? That's the wrong way to put it. I guess it's the difference between, like, writing poetry being, like, I am creating art right now, and writing poetry, like, I am essentially just journaling, but I am lazy right now. Like... Yeah. And, and, I mean, you should know which one of those two things you're doing when you're the person writing. And if you're offended that someone doesn't like your poem when really all it is is just, like, 
you basically writing down what you're feeling without much effort put in, and you just really like using up all the lines on your piece of mm-hmm. paper. Like at that point, like how you can't be mad at someone for being like that stupid yeah. or having that association with poetry where it's like, oh, like you're you you like poetry because I'll, it is. Okay. seriously saturated with people that do write like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That no. that can be a really, like, good experience to do something like that. But And poetry I, does different things for each person who writes it. And sometimes for more than just the person who's write, writing it, maybe, like, the audience that they do reach can have, like, an effect from what they've created. But generally it is... I'd say, you say seriously saturated. It's the most saturated by those emo kids, their parents are, like, nervous Googling about, you know, and, like, yeah. like oh, God, I found this really sad poem. So, so, like, can you really be mad at someone for, like, when a teenager is, like, oh, yeah, I write poems for being, like, oh. No. Yeah. But I still think there's value in... I'm, no one's saying there's not value in it. We're, we're talking there's value about, in creating We started about this talking about art forms. Like, yeah. we're, we're not debating whether it's good for a person a to express right themselves. Do we need to call mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Expectations versus reality. No. <laughs> Expectation for this podcast. You know, we couldn't talk about expectations versus reality. Reality. We just spent like 10-ish minutes talking about poems. Still doing great. <laughs> do, do you have a favorite poem off the top of your head? Do I have a favorite poem? Uh, it's either The Last Cigarette by Billy Collins or uh, On Watching Someone You Love Love Someone Else by Sierra DeMolloy, or however you say her name. Cool. Both very good poems. Poems that make you feel a lot of things when you read them, but about very different things. How about you? Uh, the Future by Neil Hilborn. Boom. The Future is a great poem. I just don't like the way he performs. I don't know what I like. You know, some some slam people are too slamming for me, and that's just me. That's not them. They're really good at what they do. Yeah. I just totally. I just don't connect just in that for you kind to, of way. You yeah. would rather read it like in yeah, with like, than hear it perform that. Like I read that Sierra poem before watching a video of her performance, and watching it, like I didn't like it enough. Like I like controlling. How you? That, that's that's not even true. You like, I, I like you like uh, being able to change the speed at which you're like. Consuming no, the poem. That's not true. Okay. I think, you I like think, to hear it in your own head, in your own voice. <laughs> no, I just think that there, you lose something when you hear a poem that's like intentionally being performed. Like if she uh, just read it with like the cadence that it's written with, it's a different thing because then it doesn't affect it as much. But I think the most difficult thing about poetry is controlling how someone reads it. Hmm. Like teach like showing them without like explicitly putting periods or something like where where to stop it, yeah. like where what is supposed to hit you about this line like it's not just you don't just put the most important words at the end you know like that doesn't work hmm. Hmm. which is why i like reading it more and that's almost like why i feel not as attached to this land scene because i know i'm not as theatrical as a lot of people who are out there like presenting their stuff which whatever. is fucking surprising <laughs> I think it's just different because <laughs> when you are reading something you wrote and it's like you do want to express it, like it's hard to like over-exemplify something that is personal to you or that you're like, I really want you to feel this so I'm going to read it like this and hope you feel something. 
And then, because you could do that to an audience and then just look up to, like, blank, like, blank faces exactly. and feel like, yeah. oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that, you know, expectation versus reality. You're like, oh, they should all be doing this right now. Reality, like, I was cricket, doing that cricket, for what cricket. you said. So, oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I don't know. But I still really appreciate that style of poetry. But I do feel more comfortable in just not having to fit into a, like a, a niche, you know, like, yeah. of it should sound like this, because that's what the good poets sound like, like Sierra and Neil, like, who are, like, really successful in what they do and, like, touring the country, like, oh, isn't that what slam poetry is supposed to sound like? And I'd say, no, I think it could sound like anything, or, like, why even take the slam? Like, I think spoken word, like, pe- everyone speaks differently, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we well, talked man. about... <sighs> Well, you can just finish yourself then. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to make a confession to our audience. We are not outside for this podcast. What are you talking about? Josh, there are walls all Look around Look at all us. the trees. Listen to the leaves. That's not a leaf. And I'm pretty sure they can tell. <laughs> but if something seemed like Josh's gross, scary basement, we both have the tiny buns on our heads. Yeah, tiny buns are helping a lot. Twins. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, twin buns. fuck okay well i keep saying things throw me that Uh, so i'm wearing these blue socks that i bought from urban outfitters that's really that was the best you could uh well here's the thing listeners don't be tricked into paying for overpriced feet sweaters because cause men's socks, I got three for 20. When women's socks, it was like two for 24. Well, yeah, that's because don't be we scammed. don't have to pay as much for our clothes because that's just the way men roll. Well, these so. are really great socks. Aren't these great socks? I mean, if you're into, like, pretty shitty socks, I would say. <sighs> are you really trying to play that? Are you serious? All right. It's not even playing. You think it's time for us to go? They can't get enough, though. I don't think they can. Oh, this just in. Hello? Is someone is someone there? No one's there. Well. You're all alone. Just like Drake. Oh, okay. Oh my god. We're getting so far Where away. Are you? Oh, Where is everybody? Bye. See you.